Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh, Browning, brunning, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Sly as a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, Whoa. fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What's going on, everybody? We have made it to week 11 of your fantasy football season and the NFL season. We have got a great game, or at least what's shaping up to be a great game tonight between the Arizona Cardinals and Seattle Seahawks. We will be previewing that game, updates on any NFL news, uh, pickskin pick'em update, and of course, at the end of the episode, a little Mandalorian talk. Matt, how you doing today on this uh, beautiful Thursday? Doing pretty good. Getting ready for, uh, you know, fortunately I had finished today. I got to leave a little early. I have to work on uh, Sundays because I work for a church. But then uh, looking forward to being out next week, maybe taking a little break. Oh, I know. I got a four-day weekend. They cannot get here quick enough. Oh, it's going to be glorious. It's going to go by way too quick, but I am I am ready for it. Uh, especially because that was that we talked about, I feel like two of those games might be somewhat decent Thursday, so just be able to sit around all day oh, Thursday no. and watch some football. And I mean, oh. they'll probably all be watchable. Uh, just I don't know how I, mean, I feel about Cowboys. I feel like right now at this point, every everything football related is watchable. Whether how bad, whether how bad the teams are for me, I just don't care at this point. Like I just want to sit down and enjoy some football. But yeah, I, I am. Hey, and it's on the that. one. It's the one year since I've been married. Uh, since all the, my wife's a huge Black Friday person, which mm-hmm. became like Gray Thursday some time ago, and it used to be like Thursday night, but now it's pretty much all day Thursday. So you know, we'd pound over and go eat dinner and then you know like halfway through the cowboys game it's oh we're gonna go shopping now okay but yeah. you know you, happy life happy life but this yeah. year everybody's closed because of the pandemic and we actually yep. already went and got some of our black friday movie sales so not only yeah you know, do i already have the movies to kick back and watch i don't have to rush out to the store yeah, I haven't done that in a while. I'm not going to lie. It's been, we used to do, to do that when we were younger. And then I just kind of got to the point where I was like, oh, it's just not worth it. Let's just get, well, I guess it's shifted to a little bit the past couple of years where a lot of the, the sales and everything still go on like during the day and you can still get some of that stuff. So then we just kind of moved it to going out later in the day, but I'm not going to lie. My wife's got to work Friday, so I feel I'm pretty stoked about that. Pretty stoked. Not a lot of money is going to get spent. I can sit around, watch some college football, and do nothing. So that's what I'm looking forward to. 
Uh, let's see. We've got, as I mentioned, Arizona and Seattle. So in our rankings, we've got Murray coming in at one, Kenyon Drake, 22, Chase Edmonds, 24, DeAndre Hopkins, one, and Christian Kirk, 22. Kyler Murray came back to beat Seattle in their first meeting. Do you think he does it again tonight? I think he could do it again. I mean, we've seen some epic games that, uh, First Seattle Arizona game was on the short list for game of the year before last week yeah. with the with you know Buffalo Arizona, so hopefully we'll get something similar to that again. Um, I just uh, it'll be interesting. I hope to see a little bit better production. You know that last that Arizona game was probably the last time Seattle was playing at a at a really consistently high level. I, I if I recall that was the game where. Uh, Tyler Lockett went for like 300 points yeah. uh, and we haven't really seen him since he's, he's another one to watch cause he's a little banged up, but Christian Kirk's been coming on. Um, Deandre Hopkins looks good. The, uh, the Seattle defense hasn't looked a lot better. Oof, I would play CEH. I don't think the Raiders have a great rush defense. Yeah. I don't feel great about, CEH or Drake, but I think if I had to choose between one of those, I'm going CEH. Uh, Drake's not getting any passing down work. It's all just rushing work. And then Seattle's defense is really worse. Is more... God, I can't talk, guys. I apologize. Seattle's defense is not good against the pass. They're actually a decent run defense, so I would go with CEH there. Yeah, that's kind of my feeling too. The the Raiders have let people run against them. I think the real question is whether Kansas City commits to the run because they had two pretty favorable rushing matchups in their last two games before by against the Jets and against the Panthers, where we thought running backs were going to be kind of kind of good, and it seemed like it was the Patrick Mahomes show. So that that's probably the probably the biggest challenge. Uh, yep. You know, with with playing the Chiefs, but still, I'm not. Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds split, and about the time you feel really good about starting one of them, the other one goes off. Um, you know, or Chase Edmonds when he had it all to himself was kind of a bust. Kenyon Drake put up good yardage numbers last week, but I just don't think either of those guys is as good a bet for a touchdown as Ceh is, and that's why I would lean that way. Uh, yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Arizona's offense tonight. I think this is going to be a really good game. Uh, um, Seattle, as I just mentioned, bad against the pass. So I imagine Kyler Murray, Hopkins, uh, Kirk are probably in for a big game tonight. It'll be fun to watch those guys. Uh, Drake Edmonds, we just kind of obviously we're talking about those with the start sick question. I'm with you. We've got them listed as low-end RB2s, and that's kind of where I trust them right now. I, I think if you've got – I feel better about Edmonds than I do Drake just because Edmonds does get some of that passing down work. And if if he can get some uh, some dump-offs here from Murray, and maybe he does something in the passing game. But overall, I think it's more going to be a Murray-Hopkins-Kirk game. I actually think Larry Fitzgerald could have a sneaky good game in this one. Uh, he just always seems to have good games against Seattle. Uh, and I, I do think that the defense – is going to key in more on on Hopkins than anybody else. Are you confident Devontae Adams plays? I traded Thielen and Gordon for him to find out he didn't practice. 
I don't know. I, I know that he's being held out because of the ankle issue, but I did see the quote from him yesterday saying that the goal is to play Sunday, so he's not worried about missing practice. So uh, Adams is one of those guys that he's so talented he could pra- not practice all week and still be a top three wide receiver for fantasy on Sunday. So right now I would think he's going to play. The biggest practice thing is you'll need to see him play tomorrow. That's going to be the biggest thing. So if you see he's held out again for practice tomorrow, that's when my I, I'd be a little bit more worried. Right now I'm not going to worry about it. I think he plays. I think we're also at that kind of point of the season where these really important veteran guys, they're they're giving them a little bit of a blow. Yeah, because, I mean, who else we saw? I just saw the thing earlier today. There's another veteran that hasn't practiced all week either, and they're expecting him to play. And I can't remember who it was. I was was seeing them talking about it on Twitter. Because this is about the point in the season where everybody's dinged up. We've talked about before, Green Bay – their passing game, if they don't have Demonte Adams, they're not going anywhere. And right now they're tracking as the one seed. Aaron Jones has been limited a lot the last few weeks and still you know, suited up too. So I think yeah. that's okay. Um, all right, so on to Seattle's side here. As, as Matt, you mentioned, obviously they haven't quite looked as consistent here lately, but we still have Wilson coming in at three, high 32 Metcalf at 12 and Lockett at seven. The Seahawks have struggled, uh, but cannot afford another division loss. This is a huge game for them if they want to stay on top of that division. Do you think that they can get it right tonight? Man, I hope so. You know, the first time they played Arizona on that Sunday night football game was probably the last game where they looked kind of all together. They managed to win. Uh, a game against the 49ers, but they didn't look incredible. And then the losses to Buffalo and to the Rams in back-to-back weeks have them, you know, we talked about it. They dropped actually from being potentially the top seed in the NFC to third in their own division. And that's not a place you can afford to be right now. They're in a record wise tie with Arizona and LA. If they lose this game, you basically fall two games behind Arizona because of the tiebreaker. I think they're going to be teed up. Uh, to do well, it probably helps that they're getting Carlos Hyde back. Hyde looked uh, really good in that first game against Arizona when he had to kind of step up and step in for Chris Carson. I think that gives them a better veteran running option. Uh, they probably do need to run or at least have the threat of the run to help Russell Wilson a little bit. Um, defensively, they still have some problems. They're going to have to score, uh, but Wilson – hopefully can get on track. I I would be less confident if we find out Lockett ends up sitting. Yeah, so I think all the talk is trending toward him playing today, but he has been dealing with that all week. So I'll like I almost feel like, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago and David Moore being kind of like a sneaky yeah. play and he ended up scoring that touchdown. I kind of feel like it'd be a it's gonna be a David Moore DK Metcalf game. However, what worries me about DK Metcalf is the last couple times he who was it Jalen Ramsey and Patrick Peterson has both been the same thing. He's ended up with like two catches for 30 yards and that's it. He has not been good against Patrick Peterson this year and last year. And then it also with Jalen Ramsey last week. So I'm kind of curious as how this is going to play out for Seattle. Cause I'm with you. Like they have to win this game. This is yeah. not a game they can afford to lose. Well, and Tyler Lockett was so good 
the last time they played Arizona, I mean, that was the game yeah. where he put yeah, up yeah, like he went off. 50, yeah. 50 fantasy points. So you know it's probably going to be an ideal matchup for the reasons you talked about. They seem to be focused on taking Metcalf out. And I think without Lockett, Moore is a good receiver. He's been a good uh, producer. I don't think he presents the same kind of threat opposite Metcalf that Lockett does, uh, in which case that that just kind of damages their ability to to get their pass offense going as a whole. And I also wonder, are they going to try to get some tight ends going? You know, they have Greg Olson, they have Jacob Hollister, they have Will Disley, they have those guys. Maybe they try to get some of them going uh, in the middle, try to try to get something going, because Seattle really has to win. The bigger question probably is Seattle's defense. Can it look similar to anything like what we've seen in years past? Yeah, so for for the Seattle offensive side, though, I think... I mean, how... Say that we hear Lockett's going to play. Like, how how good do you feel about playing him? Because obviously we don't know how injured or not he is. Because like you just mentioned, I just said... This is almost a must-win for them, so I would think even if he's 75%, they're going to play him because they need him out there to win, and they're not going to tell us that as in fantasy owners. Like, hey, he's going to go out there, and he's going to be pretty beat up. So say weird news, and I really do think he's playing tonight. I I haven't really seen – it seems like they're leaning toward him playing. How comfortable do you feel playing him? I'm still playing him just because of the matchup and how important the game is. Um, And he's just such – he's been such a good player. Yeah. It looks like the latest update that I'm seeing is Pete Carroll um, is expected to play. Uh, they should do inactives here in a couple minutes while we're on, so I'll keep an eye out and see what Seattle posts. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. If he, if he's out there, you have to play him. Because it, it, even if he is injured, all it takes is that one play to, to make your day fantasy-wise. Like, maybe he doesn't get you 30 fucking points like he did in the last time they played each other. But if he goes out there and gets you 15, 16 points, you, you've got a good day from him. You're starting Metcalf, even though I am worried about Metcalf tonight. Hyde is just a dart throw. I, I don't. I just don't know what to think about him. I think that it, it, it almost kind of makes... DJ Dallas kind of unplayable now, unfortunately. Um, yeah, which is fine with the way Damian Harris has come on. I'm good not having to play DJ Dallas now, but I think I, I don't trust playing anybody in that backfield. Well, and you don't know if it's going to be Dallas or Homer. Well, I think Homer's beat up too. I don't. I don't know if it's going to be. Is he playing for sure? I thought. I, I thought they said it was going to be more of Hyde and Dallas this week. Yeah, I mean, we'll see who's active. It seemed like oh, yeah, yesterday they. Yesterday they suggested that uh, both those guys were going to play, but Carson was the long shot. But he, you know, you don't know about Seattle until you actually see see it come yeah. out. Because a couple of weeks ago, it seemed like they said Chris Carson was tracking like he was actually going to be able to overcome the injury and play. And now we didn't see him that game. And in the weeks since, it seems like he's gotten further away from playing. The only one they said definitively that was going to play and going to start is Hyde. He's probably the best play in that backfield, but are they going to try to run a lot? Are they going to pass a lot? Are they, you know, if Seattle tries really hard and is successful in getting its defense together, do we on a short week, instead of seeing the 37, 34 game, we're expecting end up seeing a 17, 13 game. Oh yeah. Alex Collins. Yeah. Good old Alex Collins. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm avoiding that entire backfield for Seattle. And all honesty, if I can, I'm avoiding the backfields for both teams because I just I'm not I'm not buying into anything here. It's the wide receivers and the quarterbacks. So we didn't rank. Not that there, I don't even think there are tight ends on Arizona's roster anymore. Uh, we didn't uh, rank any. I ranked Ger- Greg Olson. That so did I. I ranked him 24. 24. Yeah, yeah, so did I. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask. So we didn't obviously rank an Arizona tight end because they really don't use them that much in their offense. Uh, and then we have Greg Olson coming in at 24. So he's desperation play for you. Yeah, and I feel like there's better options this week. Yeah, I agree. All right. So. Pigskin pick them time. I'm going to go Seattle. I think they write the ship a little bit. They need this one badly, as you mentioned. I think they figure out a way to get this. I uh, would get this one. I'm taking the Seahawks. I also went with the Seahawks. So, congratulations, Cardinals fans, on the win. Yeah, I know. Me continuing to blow my lead in pigskin pick them, which brings us to pigskin pick them. How are our, our groups looking here? All right. Well, in our uh, network chat, you are still up on top. Uh, you were nine and five last week. Not that oh, bad. was it? I really thought I was like two and two and whatever. Like I, I swear I was watching those games going. I was like, yep, I, that team lost. I picked them to win. Them to win. It was bad. Yeah. So uh, you got ninety five. You're still in first place. My wife uh, jumped me and is uh, now in second uh, with ninety. And then I have eighty nine. Dennis has seventy eight. And then what about um Oh wait, no, Dennis has 86, Ricky has 78. God, I've dropped down to fourth. Yeah, I feel like that's Yeah, well, list. so the big news is in our uh in our Discord uh league for Pickham, Rob has been on top all season. Justin's been chasing him hard. Finally caught him last week. They are tied uh, at the top at 101. Yeah, I feel like they it, I really think it's between them and Kev because he's only four games back. I feel like that's a little bit easier to make up than six, whereas I am tied with Earl of Dynasty there. So well, still seven weeks of picks uh, left and uh, you'll start getting more picks. So, you know, now this is the last of the kind of big bye weeks where we only have 14 games and four teams are on a bye. Next week is a full 16 game slate and then you have two teams on a bye 15 games in week 13 and then it'll be full full slates all the way so you've almost made it through bye weeks planned bye weeks thank god for that (laughs) all right so time to talk nfl news i was about to jump right to mandalorian but i forgot we do technically have some nfl news to talk to so let's do some nfl i don't know i didn't there was another pick them. Yeah, there's two of them. When you submit yours, though, Dennis, it goes to both of them. It's I only submit one. It, whatever groups you're in, it automatically puts that in for everyone, unless you want to go in and make one one way and the other the other. So when you submit yours, it goes to both groups. All right, so for the news, seven Raiders have been added to the COVID list. Are you concerned about the Raiders game this weekend? Yeah, they, they said they practiced today, and they're still planning on playing. Um, yeah, but it's got to be a little concerning. I think uh, the Raiders were hoping to have a chance to maybe get a, a win. You know, they're the only ones to beat the Chiefs this year. It looked like almost all the guys that went on the COVID IR today were on the defense, including several in the secondary. That to me does not bode incredibly well when you have to host Patrick Mahomes. No, not at all. Uh, same with the Browns. The Browns have had a couple more players test positive. I know that they're. They they're leaving their facility open, but uh, the most of their stuff they're doing is virtual again. And, and this is a huge week for them too. I think with that tight AFC wild card race, they need a win against the Eagles here. So that's a little bit concerning. Uh, just being a Browns fan, 
We do know that the NFL has come out, I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday, and they've really um, made the the rules stricter now for COVID uh, policies and everything. And that starts this Saturday because they're trying to get through the rest of the season with uh, obviously cases rising around the country. So we'll see how that affects these teams. Again, you know, we talked about this, I think last week, it's, it's been surprising in how well the NFL has really handled this. I mean, they've really only moved around a couple games. So the NFL and these players have done a, they've been very proactive about trying to keep this in check and, and get these games going. And I expect them to be able to continue doing it. So we'll, we'll see how this works out though. Again, with, with the, Cases spiking around the country, what this means uh, for football moving forward. We see a lot. College football is not handling it nearly as well uh, as the NFL is. Granted, a little bit different. Tons of kids surrounded by a bunch of kids who and more than likely are not taking this serious at all. Uh, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. A little bit of uh, player news here. Drew Locke looking unlikely to play. That means likely they're starting Brett Rippon. Not great news for the Broncos going up against a what's been a phenomenal Miami Dolphins defense the past couple weeks. Let's be honest. They were not winning that game anyway. But probably it is not. A, but. It's probably a downgrade if you were hoping to play Fant or Judy or Patrick. Uh, probably a downgrade to the whole offense. Uh, and even worse news, especially for me, after a great week last week, being the starting running back, DeAndre Swift is now in concussion protocol today. For God yep. knows what reason. Practiced in full yesterday, uh, then shows up today is in concussion protocol. I mean, they haven't ruled him out yet, but I feel like that's pretty much done. Uh, I don't see him being able to get through the concussion protocol in three days, so plan accordingly. Losing DeAndre Swift uh, just sucks to, sucks to see, especially after the week he just had. Kind of surprising too. Do you think he got it in practice or? I mean, it may have been one of those things where he may have gotten it in the game, but you know, like, I mean, I've had a concussion before one time where I felt it immediately and the other ones, I didn't feel it for days later. So maybe it's one of those things he just, he didn't feel the symptoms and then maybe something in, in practice like made it worse and kind of made him realize he had a concussion. I don't know. Maybe it had it in practice. I know they didn't specify. I was kind of looking at it. It just feels, I'm with you, it's really late. To be a late Thursday ad with a concussion, I would say, almost makes it impossible. Yeah, I don't. I don't see any way. I mean, he's got to go through. Fire up, Adrian Peterson. Uh, Why? I I was so close. So close to getting into the playoffs. I I really regret that I picked the Lions at this point in time. I have to be honest. Seeing that news, I'm like, I'm picking the Lions. I'm going all in. And then they're like, oh, you went all in, eh? Yeah, it's not. I don't know. I don't know what to say. In the teams, I was I was making that playoff push with DeAndre Swift. That that's a, that really hurts. That it really really hurts. And I mean, obviously, I'm more worried about him and his health. But that yeah, that sucks. Yeah. All right, so that does it for all of our NFL news stuff. If I guess I can close out the show for those of you who don't want to stick around for Mandalorian. Me and Dennis will be here tomorrow to recap the Thursday night game, preview the rest of the Week 11 NFL slate. Just to give you guys a head up, we might not have a podcast on Monday. I've got some family in town, so may just push it to Tuesday and do a just massive episode Tuesday of recaps and previews. Uh, But we'll keep you guys updated on Twitter. Uh, with what we're doing for sure on that. Matt will be back. And if we do do one on Monday, it'll be me and Matt and then Dennis, me and Matt on Tuesday. 
All that being said, I'll give you guys like another 15 seconds because we're going to talk some Mandalorian. So if you've not seen the newest episode, The Heiress, I would advise leaving because we will give out spoilers. So while I'm waiting, what's the what's the one matchup you're looking forward to this weekend, man? One game that you're definitely going to be watching. You know, I highlighted a couple today. I'm kind of curious about Indianapolis and Green Bay, just because that has such major implications now. Yeah. My only question is, how much fun is it going to be to watch? Yeah, you know, that's actually an interesting game for me. I almost, uh, maybe it's just because I, you know, the definition of insanity over here, I, I feel like Jonathan Taylor could have that really good game against that bad <laughs> Packers rushing defense. Um, but more so, I'm kind of excited to see Pittman, especially if Jair Alexander is yeah. out. I, I'm I'm really excited to see what he can do. He He's obviously come on the past couple of weeks. So I'm with you. That's going to be a good one. Obviously, I'm going to be locked all into Browns-Eagles because same thing. I think that's huge for the yeah. Eagles because they need it to stay in that division race. And then the Browns, I almost feel like if any of those teams lose one game, they're they're outside looking in at this point, which is insane to say in week 11 that they could be already on the outside of the playoff chances if they lose one game. Low-key, the most fun to watch might end up being Vikings-Cowboys if Andy Dalton can come back and get that offense going again because neither of those teams have had great shakes defensively. Yeah, and I would like to see if maybe that helps Zeke out any because, I mean, he he didn't look quite as bad (laughs) with Andy Dalton, but, I mean, oof. I, yeah, I'm right there with you. If Andy, if Zeke can come back, that makes losing Swift this week a little bit better. Though, I do have Damian Harris up in my top 10 this week. I do have Damian Harris on those teams that I own Swift. So, he'll be the guy I'm firing up and hoping for the best. But, Mandalorian time. All right, so The Heiress. It was a short episode, unfortunately, directed by... Bryce Dallas Howard. Howard. I I wanted to call her Dallas Bryce Howard for some reason. Uh, Obviously from... I mean, she's very famous for a lot of movies. The only one that's coming to my head for daughter. some reason is uh, the new Jurassic, Jurassic Park World. movies. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why I can't World. think of anything else. By she now, was in but... Lady in the Water. Yes, there we go. The Village. She apparently did a lot of M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I don't think but I've she ever... also she also directed the fourth episode of season one, the one where they go to the village where we first meet uh, Cara Dune. Gotcha. I did not know the that. one that launched a million memes with Baby Yoda and his bone broth. Yeah, I uh, I've actually never seen Lady in the Water, so it's it's a movie like I've seen parts of it. I've never seen the whole movie. I'm a, so I'm gonna say it like I don't know how you feel, but for me, Science is M Night Shyamalan's best. Lady in the Water would probably be somewhere in the top five for me. Never seen The Village, and I've only seen parts of Signs as well. I don't, I've just, I don't know why. I've just, I think only The Sixth Sense. He, uh, you know what? I've never seen The Sixth Sense either. The only reason I, I never, the only reason I've never watched it is because someone ruined for me the ending after I. It was, in fairness to them, it was like three years after the movie came out, and and they were like, oh yeah, he's dead the whole time, and I was like, oh well, I guess there's no point in watching it now, and. uh 
trying to think of what movie I've seen. Was it LaShawn McCoy? Were you spending some time with I was. I was hanging out with my best friend, uh, 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 Spoiler McCoy there, that little asshole. Um, Unbreakable, right? With uh, Bruce Willis. Unbreakable, yeah. I love that movie, and I thought the sequel was just as good as well, or both of them, actually. Um, Yeah, there's three movies. Uh, um, Unbreakable, Glass, and... um, Is it... I can't remember what it's called. Is it Split? Yes, yeah, Split. I, know it's, I thought all three of those were great. I'm, I, won't, I won't lie. I enjoyed all three of those movies. All right, anyways. Off topic on Bryce Dallas Howard for some reason. The era. So your thoughts on the third episode overall? I thought it was incredible. Uh, a lot more of an action pace. We had speculated last week that we were going to get probably a little bit more action, a little bit more plot, a little more, more yeah, you know, that tends to be some of the pattern. I didn't mind um, week two. I thought it was pretty good, but some people complained it was a little slow. They tend to follow those. My biggest complaint would be the length. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically, I mean, it's 34 minutes with credits, but you basically get 31 and a half minutes of screen time. It was an excellent 31 and a half minutes. I would have been fine if it was 51 and a half minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah I am right there with you. Uh, that was my biggest complaint as well. And again, I think that just also is a, a testament to how good she was with making this episode as well and the crew and everything. That The episode was so much fun. You didn't want it to end that quickly. You wanted to see more. So uh, I'm excited to see if she comes back and does uh, does any more episodes or if she has. To, have they said who's done like all the episodes? I, I don't know. Yeah, they they had announced the directors. I think that's her only episode here. Yeah. There was a big. Um, I, I saw quite a few posts afterwards about why why don't we give her a full length Star Wars movie? Obviously, her father Ron Howard did the Han Solo movie. Yeah, um, it would be kind of interesting. You know, I thought she, her episodes have been really good. Um, she was one of the more fascinating. I don't know if you, I was so ready for the Mandalorian to come back. I actually watched uh, the star Wars gallery making of the Mandalorian where they interviewed okay. all the directors about making it. Um, she was pretty fascinating uh, talking about the process and everything and getting in there. And I thought this was a, was a great episode. She did a great job. There was a lot of fun, fun pieces, um, a lot of fun action pieces and some big introductions that we'll probably talk about here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I mean, multiple reasons. I'll go shallow reason first. I think she's beautiful. So I've always been fascinated with her work. Number two, uh, I think she's a great actress as well. So I've always, you know, like I, I love her in the Jurassic Park. I keep saying Jurassic Park, the Jurassic World movies. Uh so yeah, I'm I'm with you. It would have been I, I would love to see her get a shot at a Star Wars movie because I've seen I follow her like on Twitter and everything, and I've seen the way she like passionately talks about the Mandalorian, how much it means to her, like the show wise. I'm like, okay, like she talks about it like we talk about it, which is always fun to see those directors who care about the character and the storyline as much as we do as fans. Those are the ones who usually do it justice. So I, I would love to see her, you know, if it were ever possible, like maybe like a standalone Mandalorian movie about something or anything Star Wars related. Cause she clearly cares uh, much about that. So you mentioned we got to see some, uh, uh, I'm sorry, you didn't mention that. We'll save that for a minute. We did get to see some Mandalorians though. That was what you were talking about with some, uh, some characters we got to see here that were not necessarily portrayed in Mandalorian yet, but on clone wars and rebels as well. 
They have a little bit of different thinking, though, that what we found out in this one or this episode was that he is part of the zealot group of Mandalorians called the Death Watch, which I thought was fairly interesting. That true, or I guess you could almost say are true believers, right? They they don't yeah. remove their helmets. They are the this is the way and everything where um, Bo-Katan, who is who is played by I don't who was the actress that played her in the in the show? I'm going to go look it up. I can't remember her name. I, um, it's she was the one that voiced her in the yeah in uh, the in the TV it's show. K, it's Katie Sackhoff. There we go. Uh, but they are part of a a Mandalorian group that are wanting to bring the Mandalorians back together and kind of make them the uh, I would I don't want to say race. I don't know what you'd say the, the their planet back together and make them kind of that dominant force in the Star Wars I'm, I'm trying to think of the word I want to put here. Galaxy. Yeah, the galaxy Universe. that they 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 were once before and it was interesting cuz obviously they removed their helmets which again is very much against the way that our guy and and Mando thinks. So, what were your thoughts on them coming out and and kind of reintroducing them in this side in the live part of it, not the cartoon series? And, and then do you think this possibly leads to, leads to maybe him eventually taking off his helmet? Yeah, I wondered if that's a little bit where they're going. I think before this episode and encountering this group, I don't think he realized that, you know, because he, he, we've, we saw last year how he ended up in, uh, in with the Mandalorians. They saved him after his parents were killed when his, uh, when his planet was attacked. And so he's just been, uh, very grateful, learning their ways, happy to be a part of that. I think this, you saw a little bit of him at first bristle at what they said about uh, there being different, different ways, you know, and different, um, different ways to live the culture. But then recognizing that she obviously was born on Mandalore and yeah. was part of, you know, a pretty well-to-do family there and, the, and seeing their actions and how they, how they fought. Um, I think you start to see him looking at it a little bit differently as they go through and she leaves him that open invitation to come and join them. Um, you've gotten a sense a few times. Uh, I think we had this in Bryce Dallas Howard's episode last year when he felt that pull to want to stay in that village, to find a place to belong, to yeah. be a part of a family. He is and has been a loner as we've seen. Um, but part of what seemed to draw him to the child in the first place and to this mission is to have a higher purpose, to be part of something bigger than himself. How meaningful it was to him when he got his patch uh, that signified he was part of a clan, that he had a clan mm -hmm. of his own. And I think looking for that sense of belonging and when he meets some people who not a hundred percent, you know, what he was used to, but seeing that kind of pull and that sense of wanting to be part of something bigger to find a, a place where he belongs a group to be a part of. I could see them going that way. Uh, you you have to figure he's not going to stay out on the road. The adventures of man, as much as we like it, the adventures yeah. of Mando and baby Yoda for eternity. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I do. I agree with you. I think they're setting up that option to kind of have, which is, is I, I'm probably going to say his last name wrong. Was, is it Din Dejarin? Is the yeah, name? Like Dim Jaren. 
Yeah. Oh, Jaren. Okay. Um, I just like calling him Mando. I feel like it's easier since I butcher everything else. Mando is something easy for me to say, but yeah. I, I do think that that I'm with you that it's leading to him being able to take off his helmet and, and kind of show his face. Uh, whether or not that happens, I don't know, but I, I do like that they're kind of giving him kind of like a different path to go down. Whether or not he goes with Bo-Katan or not, I don't know, but it, it'll be fascinating. I did like that they are mixing that in together. We haven't seen a lot. We didn't see a lot of that, in my opinion, in, in season one. We saw, like, obviously, Moff Gideon. Was there really a lot of other people? We saw them kind of link to the other. I can't remember. It's been so long now since I've seen season one, but I don't remember a whole lot of, like, different callbacks to the other parts of the star Wars universe that were made outside of Gideon where this yeah. one we've already seen, obviously the Boba Fett, uh, one thing at the end of episode one, now they're bringing in parts of clone wars and rebels as well, which I thought was really cool to see with Bo-Katan. Yeah. And you know, Dave Filoni, who is a co-creator and who actually will direct the fifth episode, uh, this season, uh, and has been a writer on here was a, the creator of Clone Wars. Worked on that. Worked on Rebels. He actually created the character of Bo Katan. Gotcha. Um, okay. And put that in there. And Katie Sackoff, who was on Battlestar Galactica, um, you know, before she did that, she actually voiced that in those series. And it was kind of neat to get to see her come up, and obviously leading to a bigger connection that we've all kind of been waiting for. And the idea that there are Jedi other than Skywalkers and Palpatines out there. Uh, we get a nod to that at the end of this, uh, yeah. at the end of that meeting, you know, after helping Bo-Katan invites Mando to, to join them when he finishes his quest and then gives him the piece he needs to go find Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, that's going to be, I'm going to save that for a minute because that was obviously one of the more interesting name drops there in, in the episode. Um, but having um, Bo-Katana there is, I thought, again, was interesting mixing those two, mixing the Clone Wars and the Rebels together. I do think it leaves open um, a lot for that. What were your thoughts on, uh, obviously, I honestly don't know much about it. So I'm, I'm asking is maybe you do as well, if you know anything as well what the dark saber means for her and why it's so important to the Mandalorians. Cause I honestly didn't even know what it was called, but now I know what she's referencing as in the end of episode, uh, end of season one, when Moff Gideon gets out of his crash tie fighter, he used the dark saber to cut open things and he's holding it. That's what I'm assuming she's talking about. So what is, or if do you know the significance of that to the Mandalorian culture and to Bo-Katan? So I, I didn't know exactly a lot about that, but I read something that suggested that it was her, um, either she had possessed it mm -hmm. or it would have been part of her family before it was gotcha. taken. Like it was something because we know Moff Gideon was the one that sacked Mandalore. Yeah. Um, that somehow he had taken it there. Cause she talks about needing to get it back to be able to mm -hmm. take her rightful place. So that'll be interesting to see if they meet up with him um, or meet up against him again at some point here. What I also thought was interesting is it clearly to me seems like Moff Gideon for, for what we thought was going to be like a crushed and defeated empire, which again, we know they come back because this is before the, the newest three star Wars movies clearly well, is not gone away. That, like at all. That's an, I thought that was actually interesting too, because in the, um, in the modern trilogy with Ray and Finn, it's not the empire. It's the first order. It yeah. was supposedly a kind of offshoot group. Yeah. These guys 
the uniforms and everything, and they're very much talking about the Empire, Empire. yes, which had been defeated. So you kind of wonder, is that potentially an interesting endgame for Mandalorian, which is supposed to take place in that space between the trilogies? Do they kind of end up having a role in knocking out the last of the, the old Empire? Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a great guest spot too for Titus Welliver, who played mm-hmm. the captain of that ship, the one that um, you know that was a really cool effect too when he bites down on the the oh yeah poison Kaplan. It's it's like the uh, Emperor's lightning. Yeah, yeah, that was, that, that was that was a cool. very very cool very cool little moment there. Yeah, I, that that was one of the things that I kind of took away was uh, how. I guess how big the empire still kind of looms in the galaxy. Like you hear Gideon talking about a fleet. So that makes me think we're, we're talking about more than just a couple hundred stormtroopers here. I mean, we saw the force that he brought at the end of season one in those last couple episodes when he was trying to get baby Yoda. So interesting to see how that plays out and, and what all goes on. I mean, I think, um, why can I not think of his name off the top of my head? Cause the dude is just a phenomenal actor, especially playing villains like he's oh, Giancarlo just, Esposito yes I mean he's just a phenomenal actor in general but just really good at playing yeah. villains so I, I'm I'll be excited to see what he um does Travis Homer is inactive by the way that just popped up just just to go a little was, NFL news for everybody here I was laughing uh somebody posted right away Titus Welliver in 10 minutes managed to be a more imposing uh imperial commander than General Hux was in three full movies yeah, but I don't think Hux was supposed to be that. I think he was supposed to be kind of the guy that he was. Like, I rewatched, um, goodness, why can't I think of what the name of the third one is? Because it's on, it's on Disney uh, Plus. Rise, of, Rise Skywalker. of Skywalker. Yeah, the, it's on Disney Plus, and my son wanted to watch it, so we just kind of rewatched it the other day. And I just feel like that's the character Hux was supposed to be the whole time. I don't, I don't think he was supposed to be some, like, guy. I mean, he's just... Even from episode one, he's kind of seems like a him and Kylo Ren have like a sniveling brother type, but uh, ad like they're like adversaries the whole time, uh, competing for Snoke's affection. I guess is the way to put it. So, all right, so on to Ahsoka Tan, right? Ahsoka Tan, yeah. right? Yeah, ah- Ahsoka like Tano. Obviously, massive part of Clone Wars. She is Skywalker's uh, Jedi apprentice throughout yeah. most of Clone Wars. I, I'll, I'll be honest, I have still yet to be able to see the last episode of it that they just released. Was it earlier this year, I believe? The last season, yeah. Yeah, because I was trying to go back through and watch everything. So I'm on season four right now. I only get a little bit of time to watch it here and there. So I still have yet to see the end of it. I feel like me asking this may ruin it some. Do we even find out any kind of fate for her at the end of Clone Wars? I'd imagine not with the callback here in Mandalorian. Um, so from what I remember from that, she had like uh, decides to leave her post and heads off on her own, which might be okay. a way that a reason why she survives Order 66. And yeah. Okay. Well, what's interesting to me is obviously for anybody who's watched Rise of Skywalker, because this was all the talk at the end of that movie, you hear her voice. She talks yeah. to Ray as well. So everybody assumes that she has passed at this point, that she is no longer alive because all of the Jedi talking are all Jedi who have passed on at this point or where within the force, whatever you want to put it. So 
I do think it's very interesting that they brought her up because she does seem to be one of the ones that we just don't have any idea what happens. And that's what I was curious about because, again, I have not been able to see the last of season six, so I don't know if you see any kind of well, actual ending for her. That's why you got to wonder, too, if this is not going to be a really cool bridge to where we end up in some of the movies. Um, you know, because there's obviously quite a bit of time yeah. you pick up in the force awakens with kind of a whole changed world, you know, why mm -hmm. were the rebels not really able to establish anything? Why were, you know, there's a lot, you probably have more questions than answers. Yeah. Mandalorian takes place in a space and has a creative team that I think is phenomenal where I would be curious to see them explore this. And do we get some of those answers, you know, what finally, you know, obviously the Empire is still alive and well here as the Empire, not as the First Order, not as yeah. whatever Snoke is doing. Do we find out, you know, was this now the final kind of death knell for them? Ahsoka Tano, we see her leave Anakin's service in Clone Wars. <laughs> you know she's not in the the original trilogy or the new trilogy, you know, whatever. You don't know exactly what happened. Like you said, the doing... Her adding her voice to the force at the end would suggest she wasn't alive at that point in time. But you know, what happens in this time period in between? I think there's a lot of fun possibilities and this feels like the kind of show that, that will be able to explore those in a way that will be exciting. Yeah. What I'm also interested in just to kind of break off from Mandalorian some is see if she has any role in the new Obi-Wan series. Cause we know mm -hmm. that she is clearly a part of that lore there before Anakin becomes Darth Vader. Do we ever see, you know, cause we know Obi-Wan, we don't know anything about whatever happens to Obi-Wan after episode, after episode uh, three, either up until episode four, when obviously mm -hmm. he, he passes. So it'll be interesting to see if she plays any into that as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm really hoping that we get, some kind of finalization to her story, whether that's this season, obviously I could watch 10 seasons of Mandalorian who knows how long it'll go, but I, I would love to see if she becomes a, a bigger part of this part of the storyline. So we can get some, because there are a lot of people who love her because of her, her role in the clone wars uh, specifically with the cartoon. So I'll be and interested to see what that means. That's going to be a case where they went and cast a bigger, well-known actor because um, Rosario Dawson is playing Ahsoka Tano in um, Mandalorian, so they didn't carry it over. Yeah, that'll be... Ooh, and I, I love Rosario Dawson, by the way. She's an amazing actress. Big fan. Big fan. All right, so I'm trying to think of what else. Um, you got, I mean, if you got anything else, I feel like we kind of touched on all the other things. Yeah. Kind of not in order, but so, we were kind of going through. So Episode 4 drops tomorrow. Do you yes. think we see Ahsoka Tano in four or are they going to drag it out? I think they drag it out. I honestly think we probably don't see her till would you say again? There's nine seasons or nine episodes. There's, or eight? there's eight. And so I just looked it up and Cara Dune and grief Karga are in episode four. Carl Weathers directs the episode that goes tomorrow. He's the guy that plays grief Karga. Gotcha. So it kind of makes me think they must be making like a layover probably to repair the ship. Yeah, so I, I, that was I was at first after last week, I was like, we're going to see her. And then I looked at what's in there and I'm like, probably not this week, though. I, I could see her being the the big reveal like Moff Gideon was at the end of one. So I think it's yeah. like a seven, eight thing where I think that she's going to lead into whatever big showdown we see, because I imagine they're going to do kind of the same thing. We're going to see a big kind of whether it's 
him giving her baby Yoda to see what happens. And maybe that becomes a thing, whatever happens. I think that's going to be a seven, eight, I think is when we kind of finally see uh, the ending with, with obviously whatever happens in season two and then her kind of coming on that. That's what I would assume. What, what do you, when do you think now knowing we were neither one of us think we see her this week, what would be your guess? We finally see her. Yeah. I mean, that would probably make, make sense. You know, if they have kind of big, bigger finales um that's usually a time where you get callbacks and bring bring people back and um we know it's been picked up for at least a third season of his started production on that uh so that's going to be interesting it's also going to be interesting i think to me to see what they do with cara dune Mm -hmm. um because i know there's been a lot of backlash because of some of the things gina carano has said on online that won't affect what they're doing in season two, but it'll be curious to see if that continues a lot beyond the season. Season two was filmed quite a while ago, but I know there's a lot of people who are fans of the show who are no longer fans of the actor playing that character. Is she criticizing the show or is it the other things that she's talking about? It's 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 her political viewpoints. I've seen a lot of, I, I I know, but sometimes those things. No, no, up. no. I get you. I just I hate stuff like that. It drives me crazy. Like I get. I, I I don't know. I don't know why people can't separate some things. You know, a lot. You know, I'm sure some people disagree with your not you specifically, but the people who are saying this about her. People probably disagree with your political opinions. Would you like them to fire you from your job? Like I just don't. Yeah, I don't get it. If she was working at a. If she was working at uh, Aunt Jemima, well, Aunt Jemima's is in a restaurant. I was trying to think of what. Uh, and also has its own problems. I think they actually had yeah. to change their name and logo, too. I'm sure they did. Uh, if she was working at like a Carl's IHOP. Jr.'s, yeah, IHOP as a waitress and tweeting this stuff, you wouldn't care two shits what she's saying. So stop caring two shits about what she's saying now. It's her opinion. She's allowed to have it. I, I hate when, like, I'm just going to be honest, a little bit of a different thing, obviously, with what happened. But like I, I, me and my wife are obviously big fans of the the Harry Potter universe. And I didn't like that everything that happened with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, uh, again, a little bit different, not necessarily things being said, but what he did to her, which I don't necessarily agree with. Obviously, I don't think you should ever lay your hands on a woman. Uh, He just got completely fired off of that series because of things that popped up in the court case and everything, which is a little bit more reasonable to me than just because she said something like as as I'm pretty sure because I've seen some of the things she said. I'm pretty sure she didn't like come out and like advocate killing people or anything. She just disagrees with your political opinion. So get over it. Stopping a baby. Just my opinion. Anyways. So the other I was going to ask you, have you seen the holiday special yet? I have not. No. Okay, it's it is fine for the whole family, but it is hilarious. Okay. I at some point when we when we circle back to Mandalorian, we should talk about the holiday special, which essentially goes through the greatest, most important moments of all of the Star Wars movies. Okay, gotcha. I might have to put that on this weekend. I know because that's a, that's a Lego it's only, one, right? Yeah, yeah and it's yeah. only forty seven minutes. It's a pretty tight watch. All right, yeah, because my kids are big fans of all the Lego stuff, so I may just throw it on and let and watch it with them. Maybe get them to kind of simmer down and be quiet for a little bit. So it might be might be a good even, thing to put on and watch. We even get a Mandalorian and the child cameo. Very nice, yeah. very nice. So I mean, it's it's pretty. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. 
All right. So before we get out of here, I do have one question. Um, do you think that we get anything else for the Boba Fett storyline, or is it just over with the cameo after episode one? I mean, I I feel like it has to come back because it seems a little too weird to me that they, you know, it was cool where it dropped at the end there, but yeah. I, I feel like that's got to come back in another way. Um, you know, what does he try to find him? Does he, because otherwise I think I'll think about it differently. If we never, if nothing ever comes of it, mm-hmm. that mo- moment, which was such a, yes at the end yeah. is going to be like oh well you you kind of just threw it in there i guess to to get fans to make, excited to make us nerds like yeah. thrilled for a couple of weeks i feel like it has to come back in some way five and six is what i'm thinking i'm thinking because i would imagine he's probably going back to tatooine in that where he always runs into into them yeah i mean it seems like he spends half his life on tatooine yeah, we're gonna call, exactly. start calling him mando skywalker yeah or, so with because I didn't know that they that he's gonna meet up with them in this episode like you just brought up. So maybe this is something where when he comes back here to get his ship repaired, obviously some maybe something happens with them that causes them well, to that's venture a different out. Planet where uh, Grief Karga is his home. Oh, is he base planet wasn't Tatooine? Oh, I thought they were but, still on Tatooine. Are they they somewhere else now? They were never on Tatooine. Oh shit! I really thought they were on Tatooine. Were were they not on Tatooine at the end of? Uh, I'm thinking of the end of season one. Were they not on Tatooine with the big battle with Gideon? No. Oh, shit. I don't know why I was thinking Tatooine this whole time. Then Never mind. Forget I brought that but up. I, I'm going to say for a planet that consistently throughout the movies, they talk about being like isolated on the far ends of space. No one would ever go here. Tatooine has a massive role in every piece of Star Wars IP. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's, you know, it's the one place everybody knows. It's the one planet everybody knows, right? That and I think Hoff. I think if you were to bring Hoff back, everybody would know where that's at. But, yeah. All right, so I hope they wrap up the Boba Fett thing. Even if we just see if it is him, not him, if it's just another clone, however they handle it, I would I would love to see. You've got a couple episodes left. I mean, you've got, what, this will be episode five, four? So five, Yeah, so we got five this year, and we know there's going to be at least another season. I think they will bring back Boba Fett. I, at this point, think it's possible it's not this season. Interesting. All right. Well, that'll do it for us today. Again, episode four drops tomorrow, so make sure to check that out. Me and Matt will recap it and talk about it again next Thursday. As Oh, wait. No. We probably won't talk about it next week at all. Maybe actually. on Tuesday. I mean, if we're just going to go for three hours, why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? We'll kick Dennis, Dennis out of here. Dennis, I don't think if, Dennis you're still, if you're still watching, <laughs> Dennis, you have... You have a, a couple of days to watch. Yeah, like a week. Yes. Yeah. Get caught up. Or, Get caught up. or 12 episodes, depending on whether you've ever seen it before. I don't think he has. So hurry up and watch it, Dennis. You got time. It's not like you there's any have... good football games on this weekend. You'll be all right. Yeah, just forget the football. Just exactly. We don't, we don't need your football analysis. Bring the Mandalorian analysis. That's what really matters. Yeah, so we will, as I mentioned earlier, though, if you're still with us, Matt will not be here tomorrow but we will likely be back on Monday. Just keep continue to follow the show handle at fantasy football at round table. FF. I always say at yeah. fantasy football at round table FF. And, and we'll tweet that out. You follow us as well. We'll tweet it out. Uh, probably going to have a show Monday just because I want to be able to talk possibly some Mandalorian and, and we want to talk the playoff races and everything on Tuesday night. I don't want to have a three hour show because I have two other podcasts to do on Tuesday. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll try and do one for sure on Monday, but 
Well, I don't know. We'll let you. Uh, we'll, we will keep you guys updated. But good luck if you guys have anybody going tonight. Look, just put your parent a headset on each of your parents. Have them sit by the microphone. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, I, we, me and Dennis will be back tomorrow to recap what, again, is hopefully going to be a good game tonight, and we will preview the rest of Week 11. So everybody enjoyed the game tonight. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly!